up with uh, those freaking those guys leaving Han Solo movie and then. Uh, that's you, wild. Yeah. Ron Howard coming in. Oh, look, I, I have faith in him. I just watched Backdraft for the first time. That movie's incredible. For the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem like a Backdraft guy. I so loved that, it. Oh, and why... Apollo 13, you know, like, he has, like, fucking... He's he, a filmmaker. Willow? Yeah. He's one of, like, those, like, you're like, when you think of classic great movies from the 80s and 90s, I think of Ron Howard. It's just, like, recently he's sort of fallen off because he's got all this but Angels he, and Demons crap. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, he makes those, good. but... With the I race really, car one. I really liked Rush. I like yeah, I liked yeah. it. I really liked it. It was an interesting story. I didn't see the whale movie, but you know, he made bad. it. He made a Moby Dick that movie. Spider Man and Thor is in it. The whale movie. Tom Holland was in that? Yeah. Oh, cool. What's the whale movie called? Uh something the, of the, in the sea? Heart, 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 heart of the, of the Sea. sea. Yeah. That that's an underrated film. It's a very beautiful film. I've always wanted to see yeah. it. I'm interested in Moby I like Dick Nautical. and all that kind yeah, of no, stuff. Yeah, no, no. If you like... like Moby Dick, it's not a bad film. I don't know why I got shit on so much. Did it get shit on? Or did a little it just bit. not do well? Probably because it did well. I wondered why, uh, and this is an idea someone sort of uh, mentioned to me back when we were in college, and I'm surprised this movie still hasn't been made, but Moby Dick with Will Ferrell. As, as Ahab <laughs> and make it a comedy I could, I mean, and make if, him like yeah. sort of like you do a like cabin boy kind of like that <laughs> Will Ferrell out on the high seas as a period piece that so. could be your next podcast sea movies well hey sea <laughs> movies nautical there's vibe. a lot we're gonna touch on that today yeah, I don't consider it as a sea movie no but it's not there's nautical vibes there's a deep impact nautical there, vibes and a lot of stuff a lot of no, stuff happens on a boat there's impor- yeah a lot of stuff the important stuff happened on some uh, on the water on a lot some of boats. peeping yeah. no. <laughs> Iggy Pop Amen Let it ride I'm a fucking idiot Red meat we crave sustenance I'm an artist Hello, my name is Jimmy Puppy. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a cave thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi, Hoff fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm Dickie Greenleaf. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. I am not Dickie Greenleaf, which you'll soon learn. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Freddie Miles. Let's <laughs> ruin a joke, a low-hanging fruit of a joke. No, I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home. We're always uncool, clearly. And we're always ready to talk great movies. And today we're in the... That caught me off so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Today we're actually one. in the editing suite of the Keanu Club, the cave of Michael Manzi. <laughs> That's right. Will. The cage oh. cave. The oh. cage cave, yes. <laughs> or is it is it Thomas Ripley you see before you, and not Mike Manzi? Wow. Master of Disguise. You don't have a lot of like mirrors in here, though. Take the glasses off, then. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Clark, <laughs> Clark Kent, now Superman. <laughs> Just like in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy, creepy movie. So if, oh my gosh. for those of you who have not listened to any of our podcasts or any podcast on the Cage Club Get Network, your head checked. <laughs> yes, get your head checked. But <laughs> this is the famous Mike Manzi, who Thanks, is the co-founder guys. of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Thanks yes. for coming back. A certain yeah. inspiration and in muse. Oh, I'm the muse now. That's very... Oh, wow, I almost feel like uh, I'm Dickie Greenleaf. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, inspiring you guys. You could, you're coming in. No, you're maybe you're even more like a Freddie Miles. You just come in like a oh, hurricane. Oh, God. And... I can't... Dude, 
He's amazing in this. He's just so good in this. Might be the best character name for him thus far. And this is the talented Mr. Ripley. Yes. yes. Sorry. Sorry, Ms. Jones. <laughs> okay. This is the talented Mr. Ripley. So, Mike, how's yes. it going? Good. I, I said thanks for coming back on, but really, thank you for inviting us to your yeah. studio. Thanks for making it easy for me, traveling to us here, uh, Cage Club Podcast Studio Sister Location. <laughs> Once again, the second location. Yeah. Why do you put yourself as this being the second location uh, the because first. we recorded the first like live-ish episodes at Joey's so we just sort of declared that to be Cage Club Studios I'm just digging now and know. he's moving soon so oh, is that, oh. so pretty soon I'll be this will be the only I guess is he um, moving to a place that you can't no, call he's moving on to one. a better place no he's, <laughs> he's moving extremely close in the same state and everything it's okay, okay. super oh, uninteresting okay. I don't know you know I'm, that sounds appropriate I've yeah. said this on I've said this on previous <laughs> podcasts but definitely want to get that Joey Manzi fight going. oh yeah we're yeah. uh we oh I should okay ding, let me plug ding. okay by now our episode of the Bad Batch will be out for Keanu Club and it's probably the closest we've gotten really yeah right now you know wow. to sort of like a bit of a rumble i i'm too i'm i'm not i'm not a good fighter when it in it because uh i was just sort of like love love that movie and laughing through like our argument but like you made some pretty strong points i feel like i did so check out that uh, episode if you want to hear us sort of like get into it definitely i i'm i want to hear it so <laughs> that's that's uh Audiences yeah. uh, have been demanding. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to doing it. Uh, the episode that both of you guys are on. Uh, oh, yes, I love Hoffman because yeah. it's going to be. And that's coming up. Let's yeah. just like sec- secret plug there for a future episode. Yeah, definitely. look out for that one. We're pretty excited about that. It is in Act 2, the act that we're in now of his career. Oh, yeah. So yeah. And that's my first appearance in Act 2. Sweet. Yes. Nice. You're going to be in each. Wait. Mm. I don't think no. so. I don't know. Because you had a third one. You requested three. And we don't like to divulge what episodes until like the episode before. So no, but yeah, on. that that one is right at the towards the end of Act Two. So okay. Okay. we'll have to obviously clearly when we come to an end of the PS I love Hoffman podcast, when we get to like a recap episode, something like that, we'll have to have both of you back on just yeah. to you know, as a mm. grand finale. Have to give you uh, like your report card or whatever. Bunch of NAs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do we want you to go do another show, or will we be fine with just this one? We'll have to decide. <laughs> you you trade me to uh, Monkey Club. Oh yeah, really? I know. Let's can we can we jumpstart Monkey Club? Going. You have no idea how hard I want to jumpstart Monkey Club. <laughs> There's, I worded I, that appropriately, by the way. <laughs> I, I saw an article, but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to put, because Monkey, yeah. Monkey Club is up in the air, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, on, it's on hiatus at the time. <laughs> at, on, on Slash Film, you saw it? Yeah, yeah they like did. They had article because about the War, top War Monkey the movies. Apes is, yeah. has, been, has been out, and they released, So, like, yeah. here's a bunch of monkey movies you haven't seen, asshole. It's like basically <laughs> what the article sounded like. <laughs> and I was like, I'm What's the one with Matt LeBlanc in the movie? I think they Ed. actually did that one, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, that baseball. was one of the few on Monkey Club. Yeah, yeah one of the few that like makes kind of sense. Like, yeah, I get it, a monkey playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get angels in the outfield and monkeys on the mound. Like, Speaking yeah. of monkeys playing baseball, why did you select the talented Mr. Ripley? <laughs> 
as the film you were going to do. Well, you know, the other movies um, I selected. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, the Italy, you know, my uh, my hometown. <laughs> Born and raised, uh. not. But, uh, I well, basically, like, I really, I just wanted to do one where he's got, like, a small performance. Because, like, of the three I initially, I ended up doing four, but of the three I initially picked, like, he's in a lot of the other two movies. And in this one, I feel like it's almost like a cameo. And he just, like, kind of comes in, like, tears the movie up yeah. and, like, you know, puts a stamp on it. And then, like, he's out, pieces out for, like, an hour. Uh, he, then he comes back and he does it again. And he's like, he, I'm, I'm, I'm the Hoff. I'm he's just so we've, terrific. We've in this kind movie. of seen him do this in other films, right? Yeah. Like, where he just pops in and makes an impact. Even, even the. He really, um, like, changes up the story. As yeah. far, like for the characters. Yeah, he he's like, an important character, which yeah. is awesome. And when we ask that question to a lot of our guests and just people on the street, not random people, you know, people we know. We should do that. Kind of <laughs> like a Billy on the street kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Yell at him. Who's no! your favorite? Yeah. No, get away from me. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it, this is a movie that we've heard people mention as one of the first places they saw him oh, or one of his yeah. favorite roles. So Interesting. It is, I mean, I'm assuming we've all seen this one. Yeah. Okay. Big, okay. A big film. Oh, wait, that's yeah. the other, I've only seen this once before in its entirety. But really? I've seen, yeah, but I... Because I, it was on my list for a long time, so I like finally sat down and watched it. Because like, it kind of has yeah. like a reputation as being the gay Matt Damon movie, right? And so he, well, I was okay. like... Yeah. yeah, well, at this point, like Matt Damon, like really, he hasn't had... like He had the little cameo part in Saving Private Ryan, and then, you know, Clearly, there was well. Uh, he was doing good, like Kevin Smith stuff, and yeah, yeah, Google hunting. Right, he wasn't but, a superstar yet. No, and so like you know, it wasn't until I, I mean, they they even say in like Forty Old Virgin, like oh, before like the Bourne movies, I thought yeah, he was, like, he was kind of a Streisand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, talented Mr. Ripley actually growing up in the Ryan Freed household, we used to have family movie nights. Oh. And I remember specific movies, like, being family movie nights. One of them was a prior one. And I think I kind of mentioned it. Uh, but Twister was definitely, like, okay. there's certain That's ones, I, re- there's certain mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, Like, I remember sense. watching yeah. as a family. Another one, not, like, a family movie, but it was just, like, big, so we watched it together. Saving Private Ryan. Okay, and I can see that. Yeah, see but that. This, it, it is a family movie. Not in, like, tone, but because of, of its importance. You right, know? right. This right. is in Starship yeah. Troopers. Yeah. Like in terms of a war film, it's Saving Private First Ryan. First movie I saw boobs in, by the way. In theaters. In theaters. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have um, different but, stories. But, ta- but talented, yeah. But ta- uh, <laughs> talented Mr. Ripley was is another one that I like specifically remember like watching this with my was family. A mov- and family this movie and night? well and well it was just like we rented like you know uh-huh. we were, like uh, rent I, a movie. Kyle, I hear you here because you went into Blockbuster and the one that had like ninety of. Yeah, like oh yeah, it was the new release. Oh, like yeah. you know, yeah, every, every 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 yeah. week there was one to like one to like three new like you know like mm-hmm. huge like sections in Blockbuster, yeah. and so this was a movie that we watched together as a family, <laughs> and this was the first time like at like in like in my life like I recognized like for my own like I I think I was like I like I was taught the word and who who people were. But I recognize that's a that's a gay character because mm-hmm. th- it's very it, it, it like I mean there's nothing it's just a very just a lot going on between all the characters. One could even mm. argue our main man PSH could be. 
I mean, well, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of like bromance, bisexual stuff like kind of flying around this what, entire movie. What they movie. used to call homoerotica. Yeah, and I feel like it's playing on that because this movie is sort of harkening back to films of that time, like you know, like it makes Fellini, Hitchcock, right? Like it mm-hmm. you know, the Saul Bass sort of title intro thing that it has going, like yeah. a lot of the music, like just this whole sort of like mystery thriller like puzzle going on mm-hmm. and yeah and back then you know like i feel like homosexuals were demonized and villainized and like you know the kind of quintessential like bad guys like oh yeah i mean there's this old trope of the gay killer exactly you know? yeah and, and, yeah and matt damon is kind of the gay killer which is it's, it's not like that on that tone but no he's... no that's the other thing is like i didn't exactly read it that way entirely like yes it, 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 in conclusion it turns out that he he is after these guys but like i don't feel like it's extremely overt the entire film no you know? i mean it's, like, it's, it's always, not like i mean they're like, number one always crimes of passion in a way yeah they you know? they do more or less twisted like that like he more wants to be him so he must kill him to become him it's not yeah. like i must like have him as much <sighs> kyle to your point um kind of i was the opposite when i first saw this movie like, only um, recently did I realize this was a gay movie. Well, not, not, it's not a gay movie, you know. No, what but I mean? that's like, what I'm like, saying, too. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's why I was sort of caught off guard watching it. I was like, this is way more, like, intriguing and sort of mysterious. Like, was yeah, he that's what I was more, that? like, tuned into back then than. Yeah. Like, the time I'm like, oh, wow, he's pretty gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I just. Re- like, I, I was. I mean, so this is 1999, where hmm. I was 11 when this came out. Yeah, and it was just, like, one of those things that's, like, I think the filmmaker tried to make it pretty clear like early on that there was just between like or at least I don't know maybe one could say early on it's just like Matt Damon is just so in love they even say this like uh, Marge Gwyneth Paltrow's character says something along the lines of like Dickie just like makes you fall in love with him mm-hmm. yeah yeah and to and Mike to your point about like this being kind of a throwback so I saw this movie a couple days ago and I didn't take any notes because I just wanted to like watch it again. Then I went, I went over to my mom's, and she loves like these old like AMC movies. And her and my younger cousin were watching this old classic movie, Rebecca. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hitchcock. Um, it was just yeah, like yeah. the original Hitchcock film, mm-hmm. right? And and I was like, oh, huh, you know, and not that it's like a same film, but it's almost it works th- that way. And right. I mean, you think of these old films and how they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like exotic those... locations, right? Like, Travelogs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, and I watched it again. I'm like, this is so, this is such a throwback. I think if this movie was made now, like the same like way or whatever, like if those, like you know, actors were the same age that they were then, it would be even appreciated or like received even better now. Not that this movie wasn't well received, but there would even be like more of like, ooh, like so great that they brought it back. Like how like La La Land, everyone was just like, oh, it's great that they're getting back to like that original musical genre or the artist like this is very mm-hmm. much hearkening to a time whether you like it or not or like people going very genre well, specific even, and, and we'll get into what this movie is about but even the location right now we're in such like a travel thing like you go on your friend's Facebooks and everyone's mm-hmm. traveling and like I watch this movie I'm like oh the Spanish steps oh this like I've seen yeah. this stuff but I feel like at the time like early dial up internet days I guess this is around 99 like this is just exotic Italy 
You know, this yeah. is, it's almost like exotic Italy with a paintbrush. Oh, I'd love to go there. They almost look like fantasy locations. Mm-hmm. So I think released today, it's kind of a different film, and I think you're right about well, that. Well, I so. think, like, released today, you get films like that one where Brad Pitt had to, like, shoot his wife because she turned out to be a Nazi spy. That came out last year. Like, that also sort of harkened back what to... movie f- was that? Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was uh, <laughs> Marianne Cotillard, and yeah. they had like, oh, a movie yeah, 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 love. Yeah. Like, that is very... That reminds yeah. me of this, too, and, like, the same sort of feel of, like, this, like, strange sort of Hitchcockian, like, slow-burning, like, mystery about, like, society's, like, you know, you have to be this way, you have to be that way, and and uh, what they did with that movie was funny, because, like, I, I feel like this is totally a sign of the times, like, nowadays they would do it, is, like, that movie is all exotic locations, they go, like, Casablanca, the Sahara, they're in London, and it's all green-screened. It's all like enhanced with CGI. Like you could go online and look at the effects reel for that movie. It's like okay, really, like whatever. Uh, so like I feel like what this is going for it is this is of that age where it's like no, we're actually gonna go to Italy for like the summer and shoot the talented Mr. Ripley. You yeah, know? I mean, and like what, a, we're what an adventure they must have had. Like, and like and you can tell, like, and like San Remo, and and they're actually yeah. there. They're actually that's like, the thing. Yeah. yeah, if I you watched, made this now, it would probably like, be oh, let's like shoot in Malta. You know? I'm not like, <laughs> Uh, there. Yeah. I watched the I have the Blu-ray and I, I, nothing I don't think new was on this that probably wouldn't be on the DVD but the special features on this you know they had like two little makings of and, mm-hmm. and we got to hear I got to hear you know Philip Seymour Hoffman talk about his role but you know uh-huh. all the all the four young main characters five actually uh, Kate Blanchett and uh, oh, Paltrow Jude Law uh, and Matt Damon and the, just them talking and the director but he said all of them. But Philip Seymour Hoffman specifically said it was great because it was such a fun little role. So it's like you know he was working, you know, one or two days a week. Just oh, like he was just on call schedule. Out he was there. Just, yeah, he was on call oh out there. Wow. And so then they then better it was than, probably like, better than Poland for yeah. Schuler. There's <laughs> no offense to Poland, but like no, but it, that looked pretty dreary. There's a fun picture like out this on looks the beautiful. internet that his uh, his sister went and visited him. Oh, cool! And like cool. so, it's just like they're out there, and yeah. they rented a boat one day, and just like went out and swam. It's and funny, like his travel, right? I'm sure, like he goes to LA a lot to film, but he's we've seen him in Poland, like I said, which has been awesome for him because you know he's like a young guy. He's done this thing in Italy, but most of the time he's in New York, mm. I guess Boston for Next Stop Wonderland. So what a what a nice little break, and this is when he's getting really hot too. So it, it, it's yeah, he's done. He's been with PTA. He's been with. Um, the Coens. I don't think most people know his name at this point. He's certainly not a household name. I think he's known amongst directors now and, that, and yeah, artists and things like in the inner circle. In the industry, right? People yeah. are starting to know his name. Like, I, like well, yeah. I want to get that guy. Yeah. Well, this is one he was he was nominated for a uh, National Board of Review Award. Ooh, that's and cool. So what did this... Damon get nominated for? Jack shit. But, uh, <laughs> but what's uh, but Jude Law was nominated for an Oscar. For this, this? I, supporting actor. I feel like no this movie way. got snubbed. And and what's this director's name? His yeah, uh, he, name is Anthony Mangella. Yeah, he's since passed passed away. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. That's actually I didn't I didn't like I guess I just because I was really looking up like stuff he did recently and I was like oh it's not a lot. Yeah, and no. and his big film is the English Patient. Yeah, um, the mm. English Patient, and then the other big one that also got some like uh, Academy Award notice mm-hmm. and then also a collaboration with Jude Law and Philip Seymour Hoffman again Cold Mountain. Yeah, Cold Mountain. Oh, so he's like a period piece dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Seinfeld cool. kind of ruined the English Patient for me. And yeah, I've like, never I seen saw it. that episode before. I saw <laughs> mm-hmm. or tried to watch the English Patient. Elaine, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. Uh, so this movie very popular. Uh, Was when, it when very it popular? In. I don't. Re- I remember it not. I remember it. I thought it bombed. I mean, like I'm older than you. Okay, guess, so, like, so I when was I almost, say like, popular, 20. I didn't mean like theater popular. Okay, okay. It's I'm popular actually now. Sure like, now it has a good reputation. I, I, this is a movie that when people at a certain time wanted to sound smart. like not You think ne- so? Yeah, not necessarily film people. Like, it's a faux bougie, bougie kind, kind of, of like mention name drop. Like, oh yeah, you mean like the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. It reminds me of how Tobin uh, confessed on our own private Idaho how he used to tell people he had seen that movie <laughs> to, to say he had seen it, you know? I like, think everyone about it. probably has one secret film that they that claim they've... to have seen. Mm-hmm. That they Absolutely. They no, I take, seen. I don't <laughs> I know anybody in judgment have, of that. But yeah. I can't I think of yeah. off the top of my head. Well, but that's interesting. Tell us anyway. Yeah, but I can't think of off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, I totally feel like this has a different reputation than I knew it for like having you know going into it watching it i thought of it one way and coming out of it i have a completely different like perspective well 80 percent of audience rotten tomatoes 83 percent critics it's pretty good mm-hmm. but what aside from hoffman who's amazing in it like what what do you guys like about this movie so much like, what is it that because i mean i think it's okay but there's nothing that really puts it over the edge i mean so it's i mean the acting from everybody this is a movie honestly like okay so an 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 actor that gets shit on a lot, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. I'm more and more. I'm like, yeah, you know what? She's she's good. When she was young. Yeah. She was really. Good. I never had a problem with her. You know, so when she named uh, her, her website Apple, or whatever. Yeah, out. like go to goop.com if you want. I don't care. <laughs> That's her website. <laughs> oh. Uh, where they like, yeah, like what.com? Goop.com. Goop. Yeah, where they put like. I don't know, like stuff up their ass and stuff. I don't know. It's weird. It's like yeah. all it's all like new age health stuff where she's Mike, like, are we talking about the same kind of websites? <laughs> Cut that. No. <laughs> anyway, like coffee. No, she has. Stuff? Yeah, like stuff like like she's got some weird like holi- yeah, holistic website. Yeah, thing. she named her kid freaking Apple. Right. Okay. Like so, I don't I mean, hold any of that you know. against. I I don't care. No, she's know. really she is really good in this movie. No, yeah, she is. She, her she, and Blanchett both, are. Like, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. I watch it for both of them. I mean, definitely Gwyneth Paltrow. She was high. Before she was even uh, like nominated and then won for best actress okay. for Shakespeare in Love, but you know she, she you know she had some stuff going on uh, well, for well, at that point. The but big Kate thing about Blanchett, this cast, yeah, it's a it's this is these are young up and comers in Hollywood. Yeah, all and they fu- all eventually did like. I feel like Jude Law was probably the most popular because like right around this time you had AI with Spielberg and it was like oh shit like yeah AI was like right after this yeah uh, but you're right like Paltrow was always a star like I don't feel like she was ever in a movie where she wasn't regarded as like a main lead or anything like no but this is like like when she's like like you said she's getting really really hot yeah, the, uh, Matt Damon's mm-hmm. starting to really career-wise and physically. Yeah, and Blanchett was in America at least. I, I don't feel like anyone knew who she was. She's no, she really had like, she's like nothing a, before this movie. Not much. She's incredible. Yeah. Like I am in love with Kate Blanchett in this movie. <sighs> yeah. Like oh my no, god. No, I'm just like I've never particularly been attracted no, to her. And really? you've uh. in the past I've said you were in a fan of hers. She's Probably like, revisionist, revisionist now, but. 
Yeah. I mean, she, like this is the first time I've ever seen her young. I know she's around the same characters' ages, but she always plays so matronly. Yeah. In things. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She's always, she's yeah. Like she's you know like yeah you know, she's almost like she's like Even a, she, I mean like not too long after this they started filming Lord of the Rings. Lord oh, of the Rings. she's beautiful in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, like, but in, in but like Elizabeth then, the elf, she's yeah well, yeah she's creepy yeah well she yeah exactly she was nominated then at the same like. Around the same time, she uh, lo- I think she lost to Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh wow! Yeah, she eventually wins though for Blue Blue uh, Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, all five of these young leads, they are eventually nominated, and three of them win uh, acting awards. Interesting. And Damon has his. his oh, and Damon, yeah, has yeah, his has writing his before this. Writing off. Yeah. So. Jude Law, step it up. <laughs> We're waiting for you. I kind of wish there was but more Hoffman in this, but... Yeah, no, well, I mean, bef- right before we dive into it, there's also, you've got... Um, a lot of Hoffman collaborators, that's what I noticed. Yeah, you've got... Yeah, the other... So, okay, Gwyneth Paltrow, she was in Heart 8. Jude Law will be in Cold Mountain. Uh, James Reborn was in Scent of a Woman. Yes. And then uh, Philip Love Baker Hall, place. three right. Paul Thomas Anderson films. Yeah. So it was just really... <laughs> Yeah, but they're like, not. They're not people who. And his character is a mate. Like they're not people who way. share scenes with Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, they're just like, in the on same that movie. list. Not too many. No, it's cool though. They probably like hung out together <laughs> offset a lot though, right? When you're on call and you're like, got one scene at the end of the movie that you they, you know they're not sure when they're gonna shoot it, so you get like a vacation to Italy <laughs> until yeah, they so get around great. to you. Kyle, I don't want people to complain, so please. I know we've gone ahead of ourselves, but say you're world famous. All right, I, ke- I kept it, I kept it brief on this one because it's I mean not that this movie is a mystery but I'm keeping it simple to the basics. Set in the 1950s, Tom Ripley is a young lonely man living in New York. Through one little lie, he sets sail to Italy to convince Dickie Greenleaf to come home to his family's business shipping empire. And the lie is right, like he borrows a Princeton jacket. Yeah, he's a piano player. He doesn't even like necessarily lie per se. Originally, he gets approached because he's wearing that coat. Yeah, but then I mean, it's already oh, you must know our son Dicky, and then like he just ha- he there's goes a couple of great moments in this sure. movie that he has these hesitation moments from like the concierge, just mm-hmm. like oh, you're Dicky, and then just like. But yeah. like when you when you see where he lives in the beginning of the movie, like where they pick him up, like basically a basement apartment, like in the meatpacking district, like that little like sliver of an apartment that he lives in with yeah. the screaming couple above him and everything. Like this kid, like comes from nothing, so like he's basically a con artist, like from be- from the from the moment he opens his mouth in this movie. Um, which is, I, like, didn't read that the first time. I didn't pick up on that as early. I was like, oh, he is just, like, a grifter. Well, I just love even the opening of this movie, like, the title sequence. It's just, it's great. It's got, like, this haunting, like, vocal song uh, that's used a couple times throughout the movie. And then it's got these, you know, like, it's breaking up the screen, like, into, like, digital broken pieces. And then just, like the multiple adjectives that come before talented and these mm-hmm. open yeah and these opening credits are long like they yeah. well they, they keep going yeah, like they keep they're going. not yeah, they're yeah. short like i said like they're kind of like oh they're going to do like a Saul bass thing here where the screen splits up and the words kind of come apart a little bit and everything but then the movie starts in like the lower third <laughs> and the top third like the credits keep going yeah. For, yeah, for a long time. I, I would say a good five like, minutes until he probably. gets to Italy. Yeah, you're right. Until yeah. he gets to Italy, it's so weird. It's it's 
it's it, it really is weird. Yeah, that aspect of it is weird. But I just I love the opening of the movie just from I don't, I think it just automatically puts you in like the mood of like what's it's going to be happening kinda. in this movie. Because even his first line, he's just like, "If I could just go back," like it just automatically it's like, "Okay, he's gonna face regret." Well, what I pick up from him is like he's a great like improver, like on. <laughs> Like, on the spot, like, he can do things, like, he can, like, twist the situation. So, like, when he's coming out of the club with the lady, like, he playing, he's playing piano and the lady's singing. Yeah. And they're coming out of the club together, so um, so Dickie's dad just assumes that's his fiance, and he doesn't correct him on that or anything, you know, and, like, adds that to his game later on in the movie about, like, having a fiance. This movie has excellent male... Uh, assumptions <laughs> and it, like well, period look at the like, time period yeah. sexist like you oh, know super. like yeah. you know mansplaining oh on the spot right yeah. all of that stuff it's you hilarious. bring up a good point too Mike like a lot of this yeah he's good at improvising and and he even imitates people right and yeah yeah, yeah. Advantage, oh, yeah his, his impressions yeah. <laughs> but also and this is where maybe this movie's not as good as some people say or maybe it is. I don't know. But there's a lot of luck here. Like, he runs into a lot of lucky situations that yeah. aren't... There, there's no way he controlled the situation. No. No. I mean... And he it's gets fun himself... It's for us as an audience. It's lucky, but it's still, like, believable luck versus, like, let's say... let's go. I'll go to an extreme example right now. In, like, the Dark Knight and the Joker's plan coming together of, like, getting all, like, dynamite on ferries and just, like, things lining up perfectly for his plan to go in order. Like, this is, like, it's lucky, but you see how, like, in that moment he does get away with it. Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of, like, luck worked into the design of his plans in a way. You know, like, he's going to sort of steer things into a certain direction that he knows he'll be like cool sort of like if he gets in a little trouble here or there yeah. it's like okay yeah, navigate he, he, but he like, does he he's a truly good liar like that but yeah. here's the thing that like strikes me like right off the bat is like he can't help himself at times like he'll get himself into deeper shit well that's uh, uh, you yeah. know that's like when he meets say, every time, every time he gets out of something he kind of like self self-sabotages yeah. now is that good character or is that more no I like that because I didn't pick up on it as much the first time as I did this time because I was watching a little closer but like I like it because he's like a pure sociopath like you know what I'm saying like he is a liar straight up like we yeah. don't even know if his real name is Tom Ripley true yeah you know like I don't believe it is by the end of this movie I'm really, I'm just, I, I didn't know that this also is like a five novel series. This, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Is, yeah. this is, a, and then, is this like the first book or is this like I don't the know third? What, I don't know what order it is, but you know, I'll just give like one little like other like trivia thing <laughs> that's really interesting. John Malkovich almost directed like, uh, like the, not, not, the, like, not like right. with this cast. No, no. But, but he a, almost directed Talented Mr. Ripley. And then he plays Ripley in 2002 in a movie called Ripley's Game. Whoa. What? Yeah. And, it's, and it's the, the same, same character? Ripley? Yeah, he, Thomas mean, Ripley. I mean, it's not like yeah. I, th I, mean, I believe this is based on the first book, which is called the Talented dude, Mr. Ripley. Netflix series, like, come on! <laughs> I want like the Talented Mr. Ripley touring around the world, yeah, like so, going from like age twenty to age sixty. Yeah. So there's five, right? Yeah. This is yeah. And I assume they're just like all like this. 
Right, like, like his master griffs, yeah. where he like has to murder three people and then like shift off to like another <laughs> continent. And you could kind of, I mean, it'd be great see, towards the end. He just becomes like a really crazy serial killer, like a, like, or if he turns into like, like the, like, the like a Dexter. He's already type. a serial killer in this. Yeah, that, no, but like I mean, too. like I'm just like these every like still like every moment's almost like. Fuck, 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 I guess this is what I have to do, like, or a cri- or just a pure crime of passion versus, like, it's very, all, all of it's, like, in the moment. There's not, there's not really much, but there's no premeditated. a serial killer? Premeditated definitely plays a big part into it, I think, yeah. I don't feel like the, when he killed Dickie was premeditated, but everything else is. Everything else would count as. Pre- Unless Dickie wanted him to kill him, which it kind of seemed no, like on no, this previewing. Even, even then, like. Premeditation. He, he, if you're killing someone to hide a previous crime you're doing, it counts as premeditation. I, I understand. All, all I'm saying is, like, so, I mean, he kills, what, th- three people three in this people, movie? He tries yeah. to, he, he's tries, he wants to kill Gwyneth Paltrow. But, I know, he gets Peter, so close. Peter shows up. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that would be clear. That was the creep, that to me was the creepiest. That would be clear. Yeah, that was but that also. Like, so all I'm saying is just, like, Jude Law, so again, that was just very, pe- like, in the boat, with the passion, in the boat, or, with the like, craziness. Oh. And then Phil Schmeroff and Phil Schmeroff leaves. That was a desperate And then he's day. coming back, and then again, it's so like, so yes, when he picked up, he's like, I'm going to come in, when he Dude, comes back in here, he I'm going to smash him. him on his head. But still, that's a very, at that moment, and on that boat, he's like, he's gone with Peter at the end, he's going to be going into Greece, they're going to be but doing then, just like what the yeah. old Greek guys used to do But that one's definitely time. murder. Yeah, that's that's certainly murder because he gets caught by. Yes, Kate but Blanchett. I'm still saying like that. All of it. I'm not like defending. No, 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 his, no. Like, no, like, but you, I'm not, you're I'm not like defending serial killers in general. But here's I'm the not thing. defending like his murders. All I'm saying is in that like he was on that boat. He wasn't like okay. Now I'm gonna kill. Get to kill Peter. No, but the time. circumstances provided him the opportunity. Like he always wanted to kill Freddy from the moment he met him. There's no way. Yeah. Like he's like yeah no that's not you know like... anything but hate for that character through his sure eyes. but again but still like so all I'm saying is if like he was just like a straight up serial killer like that just like that no you're like, right happened. if he was a straight up serial killer when Freddy shows up the second time he would just go at him with a knife but yeah. he's a sociopath yeah. so like he starts lying about like oh Dickie's out like Dickie's this Dickie's are, yes but There's he doesn't layers to but, these people. but Ripley like... almost doesn't realize it right like until the end when he's like I'm trapped in my own web of lies and deceit and now I have to kill the guy I actually love and I'm happy I like ended up with like he's got to go overboard now or something fair but and then four more novels <laughs> after well, this no, no. And then that's, like living and with so, they get so, into that how do you yeah, live so that's with why I said just everything. from the get go like I would love to see if he just at the end becomes just like like you know, rampage. Or maybe everyone has right, a like a Jeffrey show. Dahmer or something. Like he starts eating people well, again, and like <laughs> storing them in the. Yeah, he could do a rampage or four straight novels. So no, that's a, yeah. yeah no, so maybe well, I'm going to see the Malkovich film next now. Now I've because I've got like John movie Malkovich. OCD. I need to see like. Just got to say his name to do the accent. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's any like. Oh, like thought back to that time in Italy, like <laughs> when I killed Dicky and Freddie. And <laughs> he, he even like Matt Damon kind of look a little similar. So let's yeah. set let's set the scene so that we can get to our guy Philip Seymour Hoffman because he plays a huge role here. Yeah, I mean, like so okay. I, as I said, like you know, you've got Tom Ripley. He meets what's the Dickie's dad's name? It's Herbert Herbert Greenleaf. They have a I just call him Mr. Greenleaf. Mr. Greenleaf That's what I right. to mostly meets him at that party. Yeah, he's like a, ultra he, rich dude. Yeah, and he wants Dickie to come back because he's off gallivanting in Italy. Okay, but can we skip to what we find out like later? Like the real reason that Dickie's in Europe is because he almost beat some kid to death at privates at, at uh, college, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So like. <laughs> yeah, they're all like. Could I, I there's, there's a bunch of. There are like a bunch Wait, of. It's weird, right? Like movie. he sent him to Europe for that, but and now he wants know. him back. Now you're there yeah. for too long, you know. Yeah. The yeah. dust has settled. You're supposed to come back. Anyway, so I guess that's his only child, right? I don't know if it's they seems, were, yeah, yeah. yeah he's the, he is the heir to the shipping scene. empire. Right, he's the heir to the shipping empire. Of the and shipping the, green yeah. waves? <laughs> and then Tom's offered $1,000, a lot of money for back in the mid to late 1950s, right? And goes over there. When he lands in Italy, he meets the Kate Blanchett character, Meredith Logue of right. the Logue Textile. They meet uh, a baggage so. claim. Yeah. And have like a little uh, meet cute about yeah. like their... Uh, their luggage and is like, oh, what does your initial stand for? And yeah. they're like traveling under their mother's maiden name or something. And yeah. It's like the whole and he never, thing. that works out that he never gives his name because so, he has yeah. to lie to her later on. Which is the, which is like, yeah, which is the major, that's the major point that comes back at the end to bite yeah. him in the ass. He never should have lied to Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Basically. Like if he, because yeah, you never yeah, know you're right. if you're ever going to see her again, but I feel like he was just trying on the persona of Thomas of uh, Dickie, you know, like he was just like, let me just see if this name works. If I could get away with just like, you know, testing it out or something. And he ends well, up testing he, it on like the absolute the wrong person. Thing, yeah. But you know what? I'm just going to go, I'm going to cut all the way to the end. And this, like, I just, I was like, wow, That's this, is podcast, the line, this, <laughs> this is the line that sums up his character perfectly. Uh, as far as like what he wants in life. I uh, always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just like That's at that moment, line. you know, like he does the most of what like what he's got. Obviously, yeah. he's then continually made fun of by, uh, you know, Freddie for having the corduroy jacket. Like there's that one like little like line well, that he's even, like corduroy jacket in Italy. Like, so oh. like even Dicky like immediately makes fun of him for being so pale. Yeah. Right. Like oh every, my god. You know? Okay. Yeah. So let's yeah let's right now go to that. That's the beach scene. Yeah. He's what he is incredibly pale and also Matt Damon lost like 30 pounds for this role so he's got like the, but he was like a, emaciated in a yeah. previous movie for being like a prisoner of war or something like that I think this mm. came like right after he starved himself for a okay. role and was like bulking but, back up gotcha. and then so he's he tracked, wearing he tracked Dickie Greenleaf down yeah yeah on some beach in the Amalfi Coast and he's watching him from a distance with these binoculars he's peeping and he goes up and he's wearing number like those like dress shoes like and then oh, on top yeah. of that that green yeah it's a green screen it's not really a underwear speedo. yeah but it's but like it's those like, like a... as short as short of a bathing suit before you can get before a speedo they're yeah. not huggers yeah <laughs> and they're like lime green screen green yeah. so they, you could take this into like Adobe yeah and screen out his shorts and just have like a crotchless. I, I, would put a, I would put a lot of Ben Affleck's. You could do that. Like, yeah, like you could put anything. Yeah, you could replace his shorts. Or apples anything. for a little. Like, yeah, you like them apples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then and this is he uses the Princeton thing again on Dickie. Yeah. He, uses the, he studied jazz because he knows Dickie loves jazz. Oh, right, yeah. right. And he, here he's making his little chess moves. Yes. And we see chess on the movie, and I think it's like a. No, symbol. I think it's kind of, yeah. The heavy hand. Supposed symbol. to be picked up. Yeah, <laughs> and these these are his like chess moves, and he basically gets in on on Dickie's inner circle, which is just really Dickie. But it's weird. Like this is what I mean by like, the, especially the second time. I feel like Ripley's very interesting because he's crazy. It's like you have a cover already, like you're employed by his dad to come retrieve him and bring him back to America. You don't have to lie to him and say you were also like at the same school and knew the same people. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, it feels like he's 
going an extra step than like a yeah, normal I mean, person would. I could see it's not normal, but like if you think of him as like a private eye, like a okay, or one. like he's like serving but, papers, he wants to kind of like yeah, you lie know, you, to you you, first. he's trying to get like chummy with him so that like he can convince him in his own on his own steam to come back. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Plus, we also learned that his end game is he doesn't want him to go back. He wants to just befriend him and be his friend forever and just like hang with him around Europe. Do you Europe. think that he like made that decision? Like when do you think he made that decision? Like you know what? I'm staying in Italy. Like the second he got to Italy, it's a nice country. I think when well, he sees him and falls yeah, like in he, love with him presumably. But uh, yeah, the way he's like watching with like those binoculars, yeah. he sees the boat, like he's learning at the same time. But uh, let's just put it this way. I think by like you know, because they invite him over for lunch, and then Dickie's late because he's having that affair with that with right, the right. woman or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, the big moment is that early on, he like in that scene, he reveals like why he's there. Like he admits. Yeah, he tells him. He the does truth. the whole. He does the whole. And he know. even says, like, what are you good at, Tom? And he's like, I'm good at lying and impersonating yeah, people. Impersonating like, people. You know? Yeah, signatures, everything. Yeah, and then he goes ahead and does his dad's voice. voice. Yeah. I think he decides, I think when he is walking with Dickie and sees him flirting with the local girl and realizes that he's cheating on Gwyneth Paltrow, he's like, this is a bad dude. Like, I've got to, like, somehow like do something about this like infiltrate this life like that's where i feel like he got the first step where he's like we're not going back like we're gonna see how far like i can push this. yeah well he fought he 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 likes exploiting also a weakness of somebody yeah because he he's obviously a very insecure and thinks that he has weaknesses so this is something automatically he finds he can has something on dicky but dicky right. kind of for the most part doesn't like give a crap no he doesn't care at all like to the point where that girl's gonna kill herself and he'll never get blamed for her murder then let's then go to their in naples they go to that jazz club i love also the big time my dad really got got, like that was the big time for brian setzer and swing swing music and everything (laughs) and brian setzer does a cover of americano Oh, okay. The song that just and this is like yeah. sung. Oh, in, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. sung in pretty much all Italian, except for moments like Coca Cola, whiskey, <laughs> yeah. and soda. But like they don't say like Joe, Joe DiMaggio, right? Know, right. You know, famous Italian American. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, but you know, and Tom gets on stage, and there's just, you just get you see how he's like. But they're like, bonding. Yeah, but the they're bonding like bonding for like real that. too. Like, I mean, even though Tom is like, I fake love jazz. Like, yeah. Dickie really loves jazz and doesn't care and is gonna like have a good time with anybody new around. Basically, he's like, he's gonna use Tom the way Tom is using him. You know, he's just gonna use him as a as like a buddy to like knock around Paris, uh, Europe yeah. with for a while and then just shove off, dude. Yeah, and then so right before our main man comes in is when there's that very awkward scene. You know, there's oh, like little the, moments, like mm. he's watching Marge and Dickie, and he puts on the rings, and he even imitates B- Marge and Dickie having a conversation, doing both their voices. Right, he gets like, caught wearing like a lot of his clothes and stuff. That's a little later on. Okay. okay. But but the big th- moment is like that it's like awkward between the two characters. That I think Dickie really starts having some, okay, this guy's not on the up and up. Is the uh, tub scene, yeah, where Dickie is, you know, naked and have in, in a bath, yeah, and they're playing chess, and then Tom pretty much says like, "Oh, I'm getting cold. Can I come in?" And they're just like fishing for a reaction, and it's not the reaction that he wants from right. Dickie. So he's but like, it's "Of still course, not, of course, yeah. I meant, you know." But it's still after. not like a, 
He gets what half. Are you doing, dude? You know? No, but still, no, no, yeah, no. Dickie has his yeah. fun, and it's all, he gets like. He doesn't get a no, first and foremost. He says no. He does yeah. say... He says no. He's like, no, get out of but, here. But, but he stands up and gives Matt Damon, whole, like, a yeah. full frontal, like, yeah. wang right in his face. Yeah. And then, like, gets... Like, dries off behind... Like, gives him, yeah. like, m- what he kind of wants to yeah. a degree, you know, a taste. Well, definitely Dickie is... It's weird. Dickie is... Dickie's I mean, got issues, fall- too. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. But Dickie falls into that, like upper class like you know like he he loves like dangling yeah you know, yeah yeah the carrot in right front of absolutely somebody. no he's not a nice guy like we come to find out in like these moments like like the moment when his dead girlfriend washes up on shore and he's just like when the hell's an ambulance gonna come like let's get the hell out of here this place is like dragging me down you're like dude like yeah. no remorse yeah. like what is going on well, you can see you can just see like when the again when the father tells the story later mm-hmm. Right, like you this is a, from, this yeah. kid can snap. Yeah, he's got it. You know. Um, but yeah, so right after this tub scene, in comes Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, I like for I don't know, I just like first like before we set that up. <laughs> okay. All the promises that are made to Tom. Yeah, like by Dickie. Like, and it looks like yeah, that ski trip, ski right? Ski trip. Yeah. It looks like he's getting into this circle. Yeah. I just want to say that before we introduce. Yes. Yeah. We've sort of because... we, yeah. The movie has sort of at this point like, sort of like uh, I feel like it's put you in this like comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, right? Everything's kind of working out for yeah, Tom. Right? Yeah. Where yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, fun. Tom, you know, fun trip to Italy. He, he's successfully <laughs> woven himself into this the inner circle that of like even just Dickie like he really he doesn't care about Marge. He even right. he has the line about like you know oh, you and I should just go, like, forget Marge. Like, I can be your... This is even a great moment where he says to Marge, like, I'll go check on him. And Marge is like, no, I'll, I'll go, go check, check on him. him. And Dickie's just like, oh, why? What? I don't get it. Like, why is she pissed? <laughs> I love that part. But, yeah. But, uh, I mean... This, but, yeah, so this... So, this, this entrance. Yeah, speaking of that, so, like, I if... I love this entrance. Like, if Thomas Ripley is the real interloper, this is who Thomas Ripley might think is, like, interloping on his time now. I mean, let's, 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 we'll play this clip. Okay. Frederico! Como stai? Bene! Capello! Como stai? Oh, God, don't you want to fuck everyone in your seat just once? Only once? Absolutely once, ciao. Ciao, Ripley. Freddie Mars. Ciao. I mean, hey, finally, think what her husband's saying. <laughs> you look gorgeous. As always. Oh, mangiare. See, I got some table outside of free chills. Tommy. Outstanding. I tell you, I'm so cabin crazy with mangiare. No, I was there. So the main thing I noticed about his character is that he's sort of playing a version of, like, Asian Tora. No, Ace that, that walk that he does coming That's in. That's a great walk, but uh, it's almost <laughs> Faye in a way. But I, I see him as sort of an extension of like his um, private school character from Son of a Woman or something like that. Like if that character like was, you know. Yeah, it goes from that school and then goes to Princeton and then. And then like goes to Europe or something, but this, yeah. but like 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but like a dad. Gatsby, like an old rich, old money brat. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, this has been compared to like a, Ga- a Gatsbyan thing mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. just like the whole uh, identity, yeah. right? Yeah, the, yeah. the uh, theme of identity. 
the Bourne identity. The, the, oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. But this, this is, is this is his backstory. This is this Matt Damon's backstory. thematic like? Thing. What's crazy is like Freddy is where. Tom Ripley wants to be, and you're yes. just never gonna get there. No, yeah, and Freddie was born into this. Exactly. Movie. Like, yeah. look at Freddie. Like, you cannot right. for a million years ever aspire to be like that type with. with yeah. Dickie. Again, pulls up in that little convertible. The jazz is blasting like from it. Yeah. And then he co- like hops out of it. Doesn't open the door. Hops out of it. Like, walks does across little, traffic. Does his little sachet walk. I love <laughs> it. Like the keeping like the T Rex arms. I call. Yes. It. Yeah. And then. Oh my! Like, come on! That line. Don't you just want to fuck every woman you see once? Like that. Just it's like, oh, okay, I get that character. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I don't necessarily. Is, he's know. the ugly American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. I didn't even think about that. But I mean, just they're just like doing the little Italian exchanges. But, you know, he represents because we see it in the later like jazz scene. Um, where they go back to the jazz club and he's listening to the record. And oh, it's a record store, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's a record store, okay. And he, like, shoes him off. Yeah. You know, he, he shoes him off. Um, Dickie shoes. Yeah, he's Tom basically off. like, didn't you say you wanted to, like, it's go like, shopping? I think everyone's had that experience where whether they, they, they hung out with a popular kid or something like that. Like, even, like, you're paired up with them in gym when you're younger. And then when they go back to their crowd. Their clique, yeah. Yes, and suddenly oh, wow, yeah. you're not as important anymore. Yeah. Like it just as it's a like kid, the be- it's like yeah. a sinking. Fish. It's like the Breakfast Club. Har- syndrome. They can't hardly wait. No, <laughs> I would say the Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. It's like we're all friends at detention, but then when yeah. we go like back to school, like we're not going to look at each other. Yeah, twice, I, I, that I wouldn't. I, that's it's not that one. deep, but no, like but that's a good one. Though. Yeah, like, yeah it, but, it's that's basically it's like now that. Dickie's real friend is here. He doesn't need his fake, like, partial, like, faux friend, like, hanging around anymore, you know? Yeah, well, because I think clearly, like, I mean, I'm sure if in a, let's say, you know, Dickie commits a crime in front of Freddy, and Freddy comes in, I bet you he is going to squeal. He's going to watch it. In the end, he's going to watch out for himself. But at the same time, just in this, like, realm of Italy and, you know, like, cheating on Marge, uh, it's just... He he doesn't. He's not gonna say anything to Dicky. Like he's not gonna say, like, "Oh my God, you're cheating on Marge." Like he no, you know, I mean the guy. Freddie yeah. is like jazz in a way. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Mm, yeah, he's cool. like a yeah, hurt. Yeah. He is like like a jazz solo, right? Like yeah. a solo of birds where he just like is the door blows open and <laughs> in comes this sound for yeah, a few scenes, like, and it's just like all over. I like the energy. Yeah, it's yeah. very much like that. And he he can see through Tom like. Oh, instantly, instantly, he it's is hilarious. Kryptonite through and through. <laughs> He's everything Tom wants to be and everything Tom fears. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Fear, right? Like that. That's who he kind of represents to Tom's plan. Yeah, he's like his. He's Tom's boogeyman in a way. He is. And I mean, just like then they have the breakfast the next day and he's before Tom, you know Tom's walking down you just hear him make like it's even it's very I mean the given the film yeah. from often low voice and it's from a distance but he mentions again about the corduroy jacket and oh my god in Italy a corduroy <laughs> um, uh, yeah it's just he's in, he can spot all the problems you yeah. know like yeah you've been coached or you're lying or like I don't know what you're after but you're yeah. you're it, mooch again it's not a huge role in this movie so he just has like he's in these scenes but there's just like quick little lines but it's an important role yeah but just I mean we we oh of course it's a 
it's yeah, probably... there's not a lot of yeah like characters even in this movie no you know I love it they're on the boat and Tom is already like he's in a sour mood because Freddie and uh, and Dickie are and swimming Dickie together are just off in the water swimming and Marge they're roughhousing Marge is, Marge is, Marge is, yeah. yeah well Marge has that line like oh why when boys play it always has to be them killing one another mm-hmm. hint hint it's, foreshadow yeah and Marge is the only one that that really like the woman is a smart figures this is, it this out is very, and like, everyone it, else thinks she's it, a hysterical it, it, maniac it might not pass the uh, Brian Bechtel please again Bechtel test oh. but by all means this movie goes testing. and shows like the, the female character is actually the most like in tune and like this one is yeah Kate Blanchett is Oh no no! I'm sorry. Yeah, no, like no, a fiddle. Yeah, yeah. Like, She's like, oh, I got mad, and then I was just so mad at you. But then I, I forgive you now because we come from we it's come from crazy. wealth, and we could just be healthy like, babies. She's like, Dicky, I think of you. I get so angry. I and love you. Moist. It's like what? <laughs> it's like what is going on? I but, mean, I don't know. We, we, like we have again, not like a lot of dialogue, but yeah. I need to. We, we we use it in our intro. We have oh, to. I need to yes, hear him yes, say yes, it. Yes. The best, Mike. You and I say it all the time. How's the peep in? Here Tommy. Here we, here we go, people. Tommy. How's the peeping? Tommy. How's the peeping? Tommy, 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 Tommy. Oh, oh and that's God. the only... I, I thought he said it later, too, but that's the only time he says it. And, and he, he does the double those, there, yeah. Yeah, and he has those Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what it is. It says to me, it's Definitely like done. you know why he he's got Ripley's mo is because he's probably done a lot of this shit. For, oh yeah, you know, no, like for like assumed false identities perf- and like yeah, pulled pranks and just like grifted people because he's rich and bored and is traveling yeah. around Europe. These are yeah, it's rich people games. Of, like, right? You yeah, know, like this is what, but. Look, um, oh my God, he just that, scoffs yeah. at him. Yeah, he just scoffs fa- at him. Like but... you know, he's always got a he's got a drink in hand, and just you know, and Tom is looking at the feet of uh, Dicky and Marge, and then he just he sees him because you know, drink in hand, steering the boat, but just totally sees what you know Tom is doing. It, it's right. So like Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't exactly see at this point, but eventually she catches on. Yeah, yeah, she catches on very quickly when she meets up with uh, Ripley without Dicky. Like yeah. they find, like they she she shows up where like in Rome or something or they're somewhere. Well, else. he co- yeah he comes they're in another back. city. He comes back. Oh, he comes back alone then. And, yeah, and he brings the perfume. But and Fre- she's with her Freddie friend. Freddie almost always knows, but he doesn't think it's like malicious. He just thinks he's like a like a hanger on, you know. Right. I think he even calls him a leech at one point. Yeah, and I think so does uh, Dickie calls him that too. Mm. Him. Oh, maybe it is Dickie. Yeah, it's Dickie that calls. Okay. Him. Yeah, but, when, but, but yeah, because like because because like, because, like, Hoff, like cause, cause I feel like Freddie knows the situation. Here's this guy your dad hired to bring you back to America, and now he's trying to stretch it as far as it's gonna go. So like, I'm sure he's kind of like maybe a little like like proud of him in a way. He's like, oh, good for you. Like you found something you can sort of like stretch <laughs> for a couple months and live off of. You're gonna live off my friend. Good, you've grifted my friend. Good for you. Like. There's a little bit of like, uh, you know, I respect that, <laughs> like uh, honor among thieves kind of thing. But then, when he shows up later, it's like, 
what are you still doing here? Yeah. Like, haven't you outstayed your welcome? Like, all that kind of stuff comes to the surface. I love that Freddy has a line. He's like, I've got my... Because Dickie says to him on the boat, are you going to stay? They have this great Madonna festival. He's like, I've got my own Madonna waiting for me in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I feel like they don't talk about girl problems because like freddie is just a chauvinist like he yeah. you know loves them and leaves them or you know even if they don't love him you know he takes he them probably pays them a lot of times, oh yeah so. i'm sure yeah exactly and has no like moral problems yeah. with that whatsoever or anything yeah he just seems like such a like a free spirit it's weird it's almost like he's he's like dicky without the darks like that dark side right like you don't you feel like like freddie's an open book like you could read him immediately whereas you know, even with Dickie, there's still like some dark secrets. Like even the audience isn't going to be aware of. You'd be, and then when you find out, you're like, that guy is capable of those kinds of things. Yeah. And then not long after the after the woman shows up in the water, they yeah. leave this Amalfi Coast town because yeah. th- I don't want to bring this up. Like this is classic Dickie, right? Like. <laughs> He's moving on. He, yep. He's like, this is my home. This is my home forever originally. And he's like, ah, yeah. I want to live in the north now. Yeah. So he just goes to the north to check it out. And yeah, he like, takes yeah. his boat and he's like, the first place we see, we're going to buy it. Because like, <laughs> that's how I am. I'm rich and white in 1950. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you see it as part of this culture. It's like if you're if you're rich and your father owns a shipping yard or a textile company or something like you go off and you tour Europe on your own. Like, you know, Kate Blanchett is the same way, right? Like she's just frolicking yeah. across countries, like having fun, going to the opera, getting on boats. I need to go back to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like oh, you've lived this lifestyle. I mean, like you have gallivanted in a, in a very modest way. You're doing yeah, that so Freddy thing, you're right? The, like you're of the tire Reinfreeds, the, uh, the, the vulcanized rubber Reinfreeds, the, pa- the pavement Reinfreeds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, if, no, no. but it's weird. But I feel like that's what Freddy's doing too. Like he's out there, he's rich, he's having fun. His parents probably own like a, you know, they're some, they're probably billionaires yeah. as well. You know, it's funny because to your point. They hang out with the same people, too, all yeah. around Europe. And that's why these secrets can spread so fast. Right. Like, Tom Ripley, like, I heard about you, but I don't know. You know, like, yeah. Kate Blanchett said, like, I've heard about him, but yeah. I never met him. But these people, too, like, it's not just them, as you might see as a traveler. Their families know each other. Yeah. And even if you don't know them by face, you know them by name. That's the thing. They're just, they're too rich. <laughs> like, they're like, you know what I mean? They're like Kennedys or something in that sense. It's like, yeah, like Kennedy you just throw your last old, name. Old, yeah. old yeah. money. Right, yeah. yeah. Even, like, throw that last name around, see where it gets you, what doors it opens. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, like, the driver even says that's they're kind of more. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the driver. The, the Greenleaf name is a really great name. It opens a lot of doors. The Canard people right. will treat you well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dicky. Well, yeah, Dickie so this Samaz. fight we were talking about on the boat that happens, it essentially happens. It's like a breakup almost. Yeah, it's yeah. totally a breakup. Again, he's like, Marge and I are getting married. You can be a leech, and then he, you can be, uh, you can be quite boring. And that, I mean, and then Dicky says this to to says it to Tom. Yeah. And then yeah, he's Tom really hurts calls out Dickie on all of the stuff, and then Dickie like gets in his face, throwing like holding up a fist and everything. And it just, I mean, it just ultimately gets to the point of Tom hitting Dickie across the like the side of the head with that really right. big paddle. Yeah, and that was oar. just that's like 
It was like graphic. Gashed his entire like side of his face. Yeah, so yeah. like if and he then, were to survive, he'd be like way fucked up. Yeah. He had like Tyrion Lannister face or something or whatever they with the big gash on it. <laughs> Game of Thrones is back. Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Do you think this is a debate uh, that people have had? Because this is the last we see of Jude Law. Obviously, we hear yeah. of him, I mean, Dicky throughout the film. Do you think he was gay? See, I wondered because. Oh no! Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, okay, go I have. Okay, I wondered that because I, I didn't think so until the very end when you find out he beat the shit out of some boy uh, at school because maybe he was being hit on by a guy that's where i took it from and i also thought here maybe he wanted at some point he wanted this guy to kill him because he couldn't live with himself because he wasn't sure like he was getting married it was going to be a trap Hmm. and he couldn't live with his sexuality and everything we never find out for sure but this time around those were my readings upon upon it to go to another game of thrones reference i think he's almost very in tune with the character of uh, the Viper yeah. in that he's just like living this like right egregious, pleasure like yeah just everything finds pleasure in everything hedonistic thank you hedonistic yeah. this hedonistic lifestyle and so again in Princeton maybe there was just this moment of just like passion and the kid's gonna tell everybody right. so that's tell his secret yeah out him and then also here, like you said, like in that tub scene, it's not like he says no. I think he's just on a very. It's weird because like he, they say he broke that kid's jaw, you yeah. know, so like he couldn't speak, speak so yeah. he couldn't tell anybody. Well, there's moments between, like, between him and Freddie that you're just like. Oh, but then, like there's then this... there's this after he gets hit with the ore, he really fights back. Oh yeah, it gets like, like really hard to live goes, after. That. I mean, he's got the blood co- like covered like face and like. Jude, Jude Law is phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, he's he really, really underrated I in wish, general, I feel. Yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of Jude Law. He just had young No, Coke, no, no. Know. I think he's yeah, a guy yeah. who could just always keep doing things. Like, mm-hmm. could you not see him being like a Christopher Plummer who's like acting into his 90s? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good point. He'll probably get like, he'll be like all the really distinguished roles when he's like 60 and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, he'll he be a great go- older He is going British to win dude. like an Academy and he's just, or I, who cares? I don't really care. But I also but love that he's going to be an actor that he's going to be in some. He's going to be in plenty more mm-hmm. like great roles. Good-looking guy is going to age well, you know. Yeah. And he's he's just a well, good he's not, actor. He really, even in this, like he is reminiscent of like a Cary Grant. Oh, like I, yeah, you know, uh, most definitely. Yeah, he's got like that pretty boy face he's going beautiful. on. He's <laughs> Pretty boy. He's a beautiful guy. Is everybody blonde in this film? Well, I like them. Maybe. This is oh, wait, a very disturbing this? shot, by the way. <laughs> okay. We happen Adolf. to be we happen, <laughs> we happen to be looking at the shot right after he murders them in there. He's like he's like cradling yeah, that's, that's his a body. Weird. There's, yeah, there's some, That's like, a very Hitchcock shot, I feel like. Yeah, he, and there's like the uh what do you call that? I even played percussion, but like just the little the bells, you know, like the triangle? No, but just you know, little keyboard bells. Oh, little symbol like, thing. Oh, the xylophone? Yeah, like a metal xylophone. Yeah. Um, and it's a glockenspiel. Yeah, glockenspiel. Thank you, glockenspiel. Got it. There we go. Nice. Hey, <laughs> high five. Hey, who's Hitler now? Glockenspiel. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. I said high five, so I have to say my uh, wife. So after Dickie's demise and that creepy shot of them cuddling together, I mean, the next big things that happen are that uh, Tom runs back into Meredith Lowe, Kate Blanchett's character, and. He also, uh, and they go they go to the opera, right? Yeah. Well, he had, this is where he has to juggle 
both personalities. It becomes like a yeah. Like it becomes a, yeah. Like Superman. Uh, I was gonna say Superman four, where he has to be Clark Kent and Superman on a date with two different women. Ooh. Like that's what it's like though, because he runs into Kate Blanchett and he's Dicky, and then he runs into Gwyneth Paltrow and he's uh, Tom. Tom Ripley. So and, and yeah. we finally meet. Uh, the character of Peter Smith Kingsley. Yes. Which I only know this actor from like one other thing, and that's his role in the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, trilogy. Oh. His, J- Jack De- his uh, actor's name is Jack Davenport, and he plays like the uh, very yeah, distinguished. Oh, the Commodore, right? The Commodore. Commodore yeah. Norton. Uh, I didn't recognize him <laughs> at all. Look at you. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in years. It's just I was. Dun 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 dun. That's an all-time score. It's pretty good. It comes back to you. I know. Anyway, but yeah, so we finally we meet him. Like he's pretty much like one of our last main characters we meet. I quite like that moment. Because originally I'm like, he's going to get caught here. And he doesn't. He smarts his way out of that one. He plays it really well. And so now he has his own place in Rome that he, like, he went into this bank. Oh, by the way, while, while you guys are talking, I looked up, like, what $1,000 is. Like, what it would be today? It's only $9,000. At this point, he's cashing checks as, you know, Dicky. So Yeah. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's, he's a good. He decorates forger. the apartment. It's Christmas. He's spending Christmas alone. Yeah. <laughs> because he's fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. Buys himself gifts. Buys himself. Not just spending Christmas alone. But you know, some of those gifts are signed like to Tom from Dicky to Dicky from Tom. Like yeah, he's all see, crazy like, in there. Not just like yeah. oh, this smart guy. He's like has this good ruse. He's a smart yeah. Guy. yeah. Like no, like he's, he's a lonely guy. mental case. Uh, but okay, hey. Let's play it. Okay. Our biggest and, and our final scene and with let our us main man. Dicky, come on, it's me. It's Freddy. Let me in. Dicky. Hello, Freddy. It's Tom. Um. Where's Dicky? How are you? I'm good. Uh, yes, thank you. He's he's gone. He went to dinner. Um, he's at Otello's. Do you know Do you know Otello's? No, no, no. no. no I, I don't think he's at dinner at 6:30 p.m. If you said he was still at lunch, maybe I'd believe you. you know? <laughs> Incredible. The guy just you know disappeared off the face of the earth. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the landlady. As far as I could tell. The landlady uh, said he was here right now. Search the place. I, I just, I don't, I don't know why you'd imagine that, that Dickie would hide from you. Because he's been hiding from me. What happened at Christmas? What about Christmas? You supposed to come skiing? I get a cable or a call or a little note or a, you know, frankly, a card. Well, he's been very involved with his music. Um, I think his theory is that you have to go into a cocoon uh, before you can be a butterfly. Oh, which is horseshit. You didn't play this thing? You can't. How did you find him? Such an out-of-the-way apartment. Can I fix you a drink? No, thanks. The American Express. Good. 
Are you living here? No, no. I'm staying here for a few days. But it's a new piano. Probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't, uh... Did this place come furnished? Like, it doesn't look like Dickie. It's, uh, it's really horrible, <laughs> isn't it? It's so, uh, bourgeois. Oh, that's a, uh, you should watch that. Excuse, Excuse me. You know, in fact, the only thing that looks like Dickie is you. Hardly. Hmm. So, have, you, have you done something to your hair? Is there something you'd like to say, Freddie? What? Do you have something you'd like to say? I think I'm saying it. Something's going on. Either it's converted to Christianity or to something else. Well, I would suggest you ask Dickie that yourself. I'll tell us it's on Della Croce, just off the Corso. Is it on Della Croce, just off the Corso? You're, you're a quick study, aren't you? The last time you didn't know your ass from your elbow, now you're giving me directions. Oh, that's not fair. You probably do know your ass from your elbow. I'll see you. Unsettling, you know, unsettling. All right, there's so Very many tense. great things about this scene. So many great things. First off, I just want to say he really carried over some character traits from his role in Flawless. Yeah, yeah, I right? was thinking that too, right? And, and Mike, I don't, I haven't, I don't think so. What was, which one was that? Flawless. He plays a drag queen. Okay, I've not seen that. Yeah, so, great so. film. So, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if I agree with the great film, but the thing is the performance. I'm was, sorry, great performance. That's the performance I mean. was great. And the thing in Flawless, he, he's a, he plays a piano in that, ah, too. And okay. he does that same move, like, what I mean, is it? Like the... Uh, yeah, so when he's playing, he's tap. haunting. This is a total cat and mouse scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just, he goes up, I mean, he pretty much has, uh, you know, Freddie can tell that something's gone terribly wrong from the get-go because... He has that line about, oh, if you said, you know, Dickie's at lunch still. Like, right. He doesn't go to dinner at 6.30. Yeah. And then he comes in, he just sees this decor, and he calls it bourgeois, and this isn't Dickie style. He takes his jacket, tosses it on the piano, and then, you know, as you heard, he's playing the piano. And when he's doing that, he's doing these eye, like this head tilt and eye rolls, and then the last one he does like with it, like his he's, hand up in the yeah. air. He's just, he's like mocking yeah, I don't know why. yeah, and, yeah. Again, but this, when, that's the same move he does. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. When he did like that, like, oh my god, you're lying to me right now. He does this great, like, brings his head in, so you kind of get like look. the double chin, uh -huh. like, look. It's just very. It he carried over something, which because it is, it's a flamboyant character. Yeah, yeah, he is over the top. And yeah. and I mean, this isn't look. This is like a scene in a hundred movies, you know, where like 
I know you're lying, but I can't prove it. And the other guy's like, you got nothing on me. Like, mm-hmm. you're never going to get it. Yeah. Uh, but it plays out, like, so tense in this. And because Ripley is, like, first of all, he's, like, interrupted. And, like, now he thinks he's going to get caught. And Freddy's back is, like, arch nemesis yeah. here. And Freddy saying to him, like, and, you're a quick study. Artist. Yeah. And Freddy is just, like, basically reaffirming his suspicions of, like, uh, this guy is going to, like, figure me out, or has figured me out. Like, he's going to be the reason I get caught. Like, he's got something's got to be done about this guy. Tom says to him, are you accusing me of something? He's like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he's touching the actual bus that Tom's going to brain him with when he comes back in the door, too, which is kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, so after this clip, as you're alluding to, Freddy goes down, and the landlord basically gives him the reveal by saying, oh, yeah, Dickie is up there. He's playing the piano. He's like, Dickie doesn't play the piano. And Tom is looking down. Yeah, yeah. Tom's looking down and just he's got the guilty look on his face. Like, fuck. He looks up and then it's so, like... Yeah, Freddie decides to go back up and confront him and when he comes inside, oh, like, he has one of these noises. <laughs> like a death scene noise that's haunting. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen this happen to somebody, but it's just so, like, it's a noise I've never heard before that I only associate, like, that that's, like, what one does when they're hit over the head <laughs> there's, with this, you know. There's a very big sort of, like, head motif going out throughout this movie. Like, early on when he gets to Italy, he walks past headless statues. I mean, they're also armless, but, I mean, you know, those are, that's the style, right? And then, like, he's got this head bust in his apartment. Yeah. Um, Which he, he gets to himself that on Christmas. He kills both guys by hitting them in the head. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a lot of he, this, like, and, face and he, facial and recognition he, stuff. And then he chokes Peter at the end. He choke, and he scratches out the, the face on uh, Dickie's yeah. passport. Like, there's all of this stuff. You, you want to know something interesting about that bus that he uses? Um, is, is that um, a bust of Orifit? Uh, um... Who's that a bust of? No, it, okay, so it's a bust of the Roman Emperor Hadrian, okay. who had a gay lover who was killed. Interesting. Oh, okay. So I, that's that is a that that's like a decision right there. Uh, I just that watched is a specific bust that was. Used. I just watched something based on um, um, Orpheus, which was like I don't know. There was something like he was. When he died, like his head was kept alive by the gods so he could keep singing to people. I was like, I wonder if that's that. <laughs> but I guess not. So that's his cool. Previous wow. deaths, how does this rank? Well, where has he died for us? So okay, far? so he's oh. died in. He gets shot in my new gun. Who knows if he dies in that? But then in. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got my boyfriend's back. Death in that was. Uh, was self axe to the head. Fire, yeah. Self fire axe to the head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, the, a hilarious death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Getaway, which he's killed by Michael Madsen. Ooh, he just gets shot in there? Shot, yes. Yeah, he oh. gets shot by Michael Madsen. Uh, and he, then... Does he hit him with his car for good measure? <laughs> John Wick would hit you with his car for good measure. Montana. Montana, that was uh, one of them. He gets shovel. kind of per- probably decapitated very, like it's a shovel. Oh, it's a shovel that... into his throat. That seems like and a popular so... zombie kill move. Yeah. Like once you get him down, you shovel their head off. And then 
in Patch Adams, he plays a ghost the whole time. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you just spoiled one of the most amazing things that's, like, never been talked about for 20 years. That would have been incredible. This would be the next step, right? <laughs> and, like, yeah, how did he die? Next, yeah. Patch Adams strangled him to death. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's a ghost the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, so this is the next step. Yeah, this and, is the next step. Okay. Pretty, it's pretty up there. He's got some glorious deaths here. Yeah. No, I mean, was, the irony yeah. of getting hit on the head with a... With a head bust is like kind of well, like the, I wouldn't I couldn't be angry if someone I died that way I'd get up to heaven and, and I'd be like and that's then, kind of ironic and then but like, I, I like that the bust like the head rolls on the floor with the blood on it yeah 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 it's like very vibrant red well this is like the deaths in here are brutal like we were saying about when he um, drew law to the face with the oar like you see yeah. like his face open up and, and the blood yeah. just like and gore out Peters which you don't even see just here is very like what I like about that or not like about but what disturbing about that what makes it kind of like an interesting unique kill is you hear him crying yeah. as he's strangling his lover to death out. yeah you hear him like <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. kill you so with Freddy he disposes the body yeah, he and two people like see him outside, but he's just—I guess—he cleaned oh. the blood off of him. But he's just like, "Oh, my drunk pal." And he does an impression of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he yeah. does that line from one of the first lines that Philip Seymour Hoffman says about like, "Oh, the husband and like what he would think." Or whatever. do you think uh, that's actually Matt Damon doing? Like, yeah, the, that it definitely was. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, I he want... was. That was something I remember. Like as far as like again, the, since I like, saw this family movie night or whatever and i definitely we had the dvd and this was like dvd special features mm-hmm. but they, they when they were all like, used to be all text said, yeah <laughs> but it like was like that was i remember that being like a movie of trivia that like he's matt damon, matt damon did the james reborn impression. i wonder if that helped get him the role to any degree is like they actually wanted someone who could like do things like that yeah like the impression and everything yeah no, and he's he's good it's awesome um so yeah he disposed of the body in the car right like mm-hmm. he said he like brings about the drunk and then but like he's seen and this kind of becomes the crux of the film so even as freddy's dead yeah but well, that's the Freddy thing is like he Dickie's is death he's now. known as dicky and tom so like here he's dicky here he's dicky so like, like people di- think dicky did it right and but yeah. dicky's but people don't know he's dead yet so he's going to cover dicky's death up with like a suicide murder suicide note thing yeah, right the cops kind of thing come, come and this is where like meredith really like has her big suspicions and, and this I'm sorry, is kind meredith, of marge this this section of the film is like kind of interesting cuz like they play it like like he is he's like uh what's it they play it like he's he knows he's gonna get caught. Like it's just a matter of time. Like he's shaking in his boots, and yeah. like you feel like the conclusion of this movie is almost like it reminds me of Match Point. You guys know yeah. like Match Point, like where the, it's like obvious that he's gonna get caught yeah. in the end, and then he doesn't get caught in no, the end. It's right, like no, incredible. This is a movie. Hey, even let's go to a Cage Club, Bad Lieutenant, Porter Call, New Orleans. They, oh, absolutely! It wraps, like it, ra- it wraps itself. It's up got in a, a perfect de- little bow. It's weird. It feels like a Deus Ex Machina, but it's not really. Like in this a little more so because like a old guy with gray hair who looks kind of like could play God literally shows up and like <laughs> has this vital information that is going to get you know I love no doubt about it Phillip like Baker you're all in this role this is like the era that his demeanor and the way yeah. he speaks 
the librarian from Seinfeld era, basically. <laughs> but like, yeah, that, but that dragnet, like, right. uh, you know, just honestly, yeah, very, Joe like, Friday, China like, Just the facts. Yeah. Yeah, very factual, very just, you know, he even says, he goes, uh, doesn't he have a line in this where he's like, I don't bullshit or like, I don't into bullshit and stuff. Like, I, yeah. I speak straight, like, just, just like, let's talk straight to each other and all that kind of crap. Yeah, I mean, just everything works out for Tom as far as that. I mean, he's smart, and he goes up to Venice and to meet up with Peter because Peter's there to translate. But then, well, and this yeah. is some of this is what I was saying though before. Some of this is luck here. Oh, of course, yes. Like, again, like yeah, I completely agree. Right. Like that aspect of it, because again, it's not supposed to be luck because he's gone up to Venice because he thinks of those laws. That's the thing. But then like, it's luck that. Because it was such a big case, an American See, getting killed abroad, yeah. that that other one doesn't come up. But they still have a good reason why it didn't come up. So it's like a luck. It's like a luck for the character, but obviously, like again, a cleverness of. It's not like bad writing. I'm right. Saying, I like guess. I, I buy it because I feel like the the sequence of events dictated that situation to happen. Like, yeah. Like the character didn't. You know, he got the law wrong. Yeah. So, like, in his mind, he's home free. And, like, the reversal of the scene is you're not home free. Like, you're going to get questioned. And so it's like, okay, now now it's tense and, and there's panic. And then the next turn is it's a new inspector. And it's like, whoa, that seems kind of weird. But then you find out, like, Dickie left town, so the old inspector got fired for not doing his job. Yeah. So, like, it all makes yeah. sense then enough. Like, that's the, why I'm kind of buying it all. Then he gets out of the Italian inspection, but now there's a private eye <laughs> yeah, the that guy from Mr. America. Greenleaf is hired. Yes. But so then beautiful. this guy comes in and is just, like, totally just, like, this doesn't yeah. believe anything. I mean, within, again, within cause, though, it's not just him being, like, old white sexist towards, like, Marge and her beliefs. It's no. Like, no, we know things about Dickie of, like, again, that putting the guy yeah. in, like, you know. <laughs> Basically, he's, like, Dickie is not who you thought he was. Yeah. Like, he is, he's, like, you're and lucky Dickie didn't. like to keep it this yeah. way. Right. And it's, like, you're lucky Dickie yeah. didn't kill you. Yeah. Like, you're um, lucky you're not in the hospital. To your point of, of Marge and, like, this kind of, like, twisted feminism thing, it's she is right. Yes. But everyone kind of, oh, the woman, we blame, you know. She's right, right. hysterical. She's hysterical. We're yeah. not going to believe her, you know. And it's 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 funny because she, she ends up turning out, out to be right. And they the end police? up, the, basically, she, that girl is going to be destroyed Haunted, yeah. for the rest of her well, life. I like, was going to say, lithium. it's not like, and not in a, like, at least, and oh, she got, like, what she, but, no. like, she at least, but she does, like, I don't know. Get to scream at him. I wonder That's if she a, like, did. She come back in one of the novels, like one, like part four or five. Because what's even worse is I'm not that read my Wikipedia. What's even worse is that uh, Tom is going to get like half of yeah, Dickie's fortune. Of, he doesn't get away with just these two murders, murders or whatever. He then gets because Mr. Greenleaf wants to keep this on the DL yeah, for the bribe. name in the end of the day. Yeah, it's a bribe. He gets that's what, crazy. He, what does he say? He gets a. I'm sure, a he would have done it for a lot less. I mean, yeah. Oh, totally. But he um, is moving part of Dickie's trust. Right. So not just like, not just oh, I'm moving some of his, fortune, not even like part of Dickie's, like whatever, if he had a bank account. No, but this or is like, like saying like, yeah, Dickie's apartment. No, Dickie's trust of this shipping You're basically company. my son now. You're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. yeah, well, he says to him at some point, like, doesn't he, does he say to him at one point, or does Tom even say like, I'm the son that he wanted to have? Someone says at one point, that like oh this is the I song. think right right when they meet you can see it in his eyes I think eyes. actually you know Dickie says that you're the son that my father wanted to have 
and I think that comes across like very early on where yeah. he takes a shining to Tom in the beginning is like, go pick my son up from Europe for yeah. me. I think Dickie's right about Tom, by the way. I think Tom is boring. Obviously not his, <laughs> not his like murder stuff. And You're stuff right. Like that. But you know why? Because he never tries to be himself. No, he's a phony. He's a chameleon. Exactly. A chameleon. Well, he's not a chameleon, a but like... That makes him sound too cool. That yeah. makes him sound like he reverts back cool. to somebody. You know what, what I'm cool saying? What did cool used to be? Now we say cool for everything. Oh, that's cool. What did cool, cool used to be? Yeah, like being yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it was just like, oh, that guy's cool, man. Well, like, just... yeah, no one else is like that guy. Like, yeah. I feel like that's why not Fonzie's... Not he's outrageous, because he's comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, like, which look... Which is the opposite of Tom. Why, I mean, that's why I feel like Fonzie was cool, because he kind of stuck <laughs> out, and he owned it, you know? Like, he hung out with all the squares, or they just all looked like friends, and he was just <laughs> cool about it, yeah. And yeah. everyone could be like that. I just... You're right, though, about Tom is boring, because he has never established a... Uh, personality for himself. No. He's, oh, I get the sense, like I said earlier, I don't even know if that's his real name. Like, I get the sense that he's always rather be a fake nobody, <laughs> you know, than, or like a fake somebody than a real nobody. And I think to tie with the father, I think that's why the father kind of likes him, because he's safe. He's yeah. vanilla. He's not really, of course. He no, yeah, people. he's not, right. <laughs> no, he's dangerous, but he's, on the outside, he's sort like, of obedient. He's in a way. what? A, a privileged son should be, even though he's not one. I'm yeah. curious in novel form, as novels obviously like pontificate and really like even just like put more explanation to a scene a lot of times, um, like th- via like exposition or whatever. But let's even forget novel. Do you think in this world these were the f- this was the first time that like Tom killed people? It's a good question. I was thinking about that when when I watched the film. I think so. And also, if this is the first one, the book I think series, so too. I'll go with that. But if yeah. anywhere, I I think it is. He has these. I think mm-hmm. so too. But you never know because yeah. he's not too broken up about it. All we really know about him starting off this movie is that he can play the piano really well. That's like literally yeah. like it's like how did he learn to play the piano so well? Oh no, and that's why he and, and we that's never find out. Like I mean, he is he is like he's clearly a bad guy, but do I call him the bad guy of the movie? But point being like that's but in the end like in movies stories, that's what makes an interesting bad guy or just an interesting character like those like the little things you don't know, like the backstories you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, what he did during his gaps. college, like I highly doubt he probably went to college. No, he probably didn't go to college. So just like I mean, maybe he was even like an orphan. I mean, that's just, the thing. You know, like you don't know if Google he was thing. raised in some yeah. like paper moon situation yeah. where like his grifter dad took him on the road, like pulling scams from town to town. Like yeah. you just don't know I about think, his past. Like was he abused? You know, all I, this kind I of stuff. I think we can assume though that he's probably self-taught at piano since he can. I don't know. Well, no, but he's no, playing no, no. like classically really well. No, but they definitely they do allude to that. Because he's like, not only is he watching the opera, but he's keenly watching the piano. But I, yeah, he can, but he, like, can, he takes, can mimic so much. So you this just is, think it's part of his it's like his brain, you know? This is not. I mean, he's playing classical just, music, but it's not like he's going like. Yeah, he's not like a rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not all the ladies. Point being, point being, if it's somebody that. So he's just forging. He's like a forger, right? Like the way he forges a signature, he could forge like this song and that. 
No, yeah, but I'm just saying in the way, like, you know, like in the way he loves jazz, he probably learned all this way to play the piano. He's for a, like a quick study. He's a very quick study, but he probably learned that knowing it would be a skill he could use to, like, manipulate a situation at some point. You know, I doubt he likes... Or he, he doesn't seem like the guy who just, honestly, like, plays piano but, for fun. No, no, no. It's not, like, because he's an artist, you know? Yeah. I think it was probably to get into... High society somehow. High society or whatever his scam, quote unquote, before that was. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I don't think he... To answer your question, I don't think he killed before this, but I feel like to him, it's no big deal. Like you get... There's movies all about this and it's like Lost Highway where it's like you kill someone and then like your mind just fucking like can't cope with it. So like you don't cope with it. You just act like it never happened or, you know, you pretend it never happened or you'll deal with it later. And I feel like he's really great at doing that. Well, again, this is the birth. So again, this is like the origin story. I feel I'm without knowing what the rest of the books are about. I feel like this is, we get an origin story for a series. Do you think that this, if like, cause this apparently did really well. Do you think that they had designs on making this a series or do you think that this was just like 20 years ago and no, there's just I, I like there's we're in that culture era. now like well, if I mean, this came out are, today we are in a different one now but honestly like i think i mean well hey okay so john malkovich again like played him in 2002 in like i said in the, like, was only like movie. four years later three years later or something. yeah they didn't, later. i don't think they promoted it like that right? yeah so po- i don't know like nowadays like 40, it would be like million dollar budget 128 million because right. nowadays it would be like the ripley verse you know, and <laughs> they'd yeah. be all connected. <laughs> hey, it could happen someday. I wouldn't write it off. But, mm. I mean, just as, I, I again, I like the opening of this movie. Not, again, like the long title sequence, but just the mood it sets. And as much as I like the opening, I really like how they ended it. Because, you know, as we said, he runs yeah. into Meredith on that boat. He's going to it's Gre- a twist he's ending, going to Greece right? with Pe- Yeah, he's going to Greece with Peter. Everything's good with that. But then he wants to watch the money. sunset. Meredith runs into him. They have this kiss. Tom goes back to the... Anybody realizes, now, oh, I got to do something with Peter. Yeah, well, well, back to Peter just quickly. He's kind of finally found what he's been looking for, right? Yeah. Like a high society companion. A boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, no, boy, but not just yeah. a boyfriend, you know. Yeah. But like someone who like reciprocates, like all yeah. in in yeah. these higher circles. Yeah, I mean, Tom, he's upset earlier when Freddie first comes in. They're in the record store. Tom wants to go sightseeing and buying a a jacket and a suit. And he likes these again. His Freddie calls it bourgeois apartment. He likes almost like these cliche finer things in life the opera you know yeah it seemed like like Freddie and Dickie as kids of the ultra rich were trying to like reject some of that being like nah yeah. we're like the wild one we don't like that's our parents style yeah. yeah and Tom is like coming in late right like he's like oh I studied the rich this is what they like and it's like ah oh, you're a generation too late dude like yeah. you're not you're not hip anymore <laughs> like you like the old old stuff instead of the new old stuff no, I, I think you're right and I think <laughs> this final scene right yeah w- what's like beautiful and sick about it though is that think about what he's asking him to say right like, yeah what do you Oh, right. What do you, you like, like about what do you, me? Yeah, yeah. What do you like about Tom Ripley? About, right. Not about me, but about Tom Ripley. <laughs> and compare yeah. that to a very different sized boat scene, which is, you know, the killing of uh-huh. right. Jude what Law's he, character. What Jude Law doesn't like. And, he's, and Jude Law saying what he doesn't like about him, like how yeah. he's boring and all that jazz. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> but and all that. So it, it's it's like, yeah, he finally gets what he wants and he has to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get to have it. Yeah, it's tragic. I mean, it's weird because the movie does this thing where, like, 
at the very fucking end, you kind of feel bad for this asshole. Like, kind of. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a weird to watch a movie where the main, you know, where the protagonist is a sociopath, is this nut job murderer, and by the very end of it, instead of being like, this guy better go to jail, you kind of be like, oh, I want him to get like another day or two of like trying to work this out somehow or something. I don't know. For me, at the very end, I finally found like a little bit of empathy for this dude being like, you know, you're just in too deep. You should just give yourself up before you cause any more trouble. I just wanted him to like stop doing this to himself, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, I hear you with that. It's it's the well, oh well, to go back, but it is again like they have these moments that are like you know explain the characters well when he's at that opera and yeah, he's watching the scenes, duel. Actually. Oh and yeah, and, friend, and mean, it's... You, you assume those. I don't know what I, I I don't know what opera it is. Could obviously once you know that, then look up and find out what the story is about. But let's just assume that those two people that are dueling were friends at one point, and he has to That's kill him. What it seemed like it's just very like another headshot too. Yeah, and yeah. then hey, when he's riding the Vespa and he sees Dickie's reflection in the mirror, like he is he's a haunted Tom. You know, becomes at this point. A haunted person. He just can't like write off this. So I think Peter. Again, I'm very curious as to what the next book and what the ramific- ramifications were of Peter killing Peter. But this is one that's really going to because he's sitting at the end. He's just he's sitting there, and again, just like it's that mirror on the door, and it's just swaying back and forth. Yeah, on the it's water. really well shot. Yeah. I wonder if he assumes Peter's identity in the next. <laughs> you know, like I mean, like, like a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> Dyes his hair black, like <laughs> the whole nine yards. Michael Manzi. Yes, guys. Did you enjoy this film? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I I think it's a solid film, right? I think, you know, a lot. I think I think it's solid. Um, I really wish there was more Hoff in it, Hoffman, but I understand why he's not, and you know. His appearance is like huge in this for a very small amount of time, um, but it's just it is a little too bad there couldn't be a little more of him somewhere in this movie. Uh, I yeah. like this movie more the second time around once you know like how crazy yes. uh, Matt Damon is. From what I've seen, Philip Seymour Hoffman always seems to be like the best part of the movie. Maybe I mean maybe not in Big Lebowski. That's more of, he's definitely amazing in that though he stands out but yeah. he always seems to if he's not the best thing he always stands out and holds his own you know absolutely like, yeah that's undeniable and he, we've, yeah we've and he that. does that so well in this movie like he's you know he fits it so perfectly but he's such a well-defined character in his own right i hadn't seen this movie in years and maybe because i was looking at imdb but even before that i remembered the name freddie miles hmm because he is Freddie Miles, and, and I, he carries himself. Like I that. never forgot how's the peeping. <laughs> I mean, Kyle and I, that sort of became like a, a running joke after I first saw this movie. On every like Wikipedia, IMDb, all that kind of stuff where it shows quotes, that's always the number one quote. Oh, it's so great! It's a great quote. How's the peeping? That's why it's in our how's, intro. How's the peeping? Yeah. So, anything else you want to add to Ripley? No, it's. I'd like to analyze Ripley's well, character and the alien. 
we gotta do <laughs> exactly. I hear Ripley, and I <laughs> so like I had this idea a while back of of doing a podcast about the books that were adapted into Cage films, calling it Cage Book Club. <laughs> and if you guys want, we could start that up, and we could do we could add the stuff for Hoffman. We could do the talented Mr. Ripley novels and do a book club about it. Maybe revisit the character one day and see, <laughs> see if Freddy's in, in any more of the novel, any extra scenes. Or That's anything. a good question. We should, we should look up how many of his films are books. Yeah. Oh, we'll do that at the end. So, but I would, yeah, I'll, I, you're not well, in for that. Will, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just going to say, I would, this is a film I would definitely, not only for Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, because that's sometimes the case. It's like, not a great movie, but if someone's a Philip Seymour Hoffman fan, watch this movie. That's a great reason to watch this movie, but it's, even if he wasn't in this movie, uh, you have a lot of other fantastic performances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. So, okay. so, Michael. Yes. Anything else uh, yeah, again, going on plug. in Cage Club? Oh. Or? Okay, so tease some fun stuff at the beginning. I think by the time that this is airing, we will have been, or the final Keanu Club for Phase One will be coming out called To the Bone, and that movie is on Netflix. Uh, so you should be able. It's on Netflix as we're recording this. It's on Netflix tomorrow, so you should be able to watch it now and then listen along. Um, we just announced a new show called Cinemakers that Joey and I are going to be doing with. Tobin, one of our frequent guests, where we're going to be watching all the films of Steven Soderbergh and oh, talk awesome. about those. And yes, his entire career, we send a newsletter out. Oh, not a newsletter, but we did a post on Facebook or something. <laughs> we did, a, we did a post, but um, you, you, you don't pick up the scuttlebutt at the uh, Cage Club water cooler. Okay, no. He missed the last meeting because we forgot to. <laughs> I invite go out. To, I go out for lunch. Uh, so Cinemakers you is going to. van, Kyle. <laughs> Cinemakers going to be like an ongoing thing after Soderbergh. We're going to do another director, and then after that, we're going to do another Why director. Why did you guys choose Soderbergh first? Because uh, we all love him, and like we we didn't want to name the show like modern auteurs, but ultimately like that's kind of what we're looking at, like directors who are auteurs who like mostly write, direct, shoot, and cut, and have like okay, total okay. control over their that's cool. films and stuff. So yeah. like PTA, yeah, like yeah, exactly, like guys like Peter that, Berg. guys like <laughs> maybe one day Peter Berg, <laughs> but guys like him and Tarantino, you know. So we decided to start with Soderbergh. Uh, because he's it's got like, yeah, and he's got like lots of movies. Matt Damon, a big collaborator with Peter, uh, yeah. with, uh, Peter yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Peter Berg. But with, uh, that's right, the informant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got that starting in September, and so you guys are like still chugging along. <laughs> You'll be going for the rest of the year. But we also have on the uh, on the network, you can check out uh, now and again. Which is great, and then wistful yeah. thinking, which we is just also had Kara great. On. Yeah, there you go. So lots of synergy between and across all the shows for the network, synergy, which is really yeah. good. Okay, random point uh-huh. from Talented Mr. Ripley that I'm just thinking of right now. Totally harken back to Matt Damon in the speedo in uh, one of my favorite films, Behind the Candelabra. Oh, Scott. Oh. And then seeing him in that, like... Which, uh, we'll be getting to that on Soderbergh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what made me think of it. No hugger walking here. I guess he likes to walk around in those little... Uh, well, I mean, if you got a body like his, why not flaunt it? Very good point, very good point. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs>
Please, I flaunt I flaunt my Matt Damon body. All they the reveal time. we were all wearing speedos. While, while <laughs> yeah, this. for the Bowski, yeah. you were drinking yeah. white Russians. Yeah. For this, this one, we were sitting around speedos. Yeah. We were actually at, on the Amalfi Coast. Right <laughs> that would have been at amazing. It's a Meatballs. Someone should have brought a camera. <laughs> oh wow, oh, man. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Like. Subscribe, follow, share, do all that. <laughs> Kyle loves the comments again. Please just yeah. feed, feed him these comments. You guys have been awesome sharing and commenting. Oh, do you have a winner for your closing phrase of the show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. And we and that's what I was just gonna say, if, uh, Manzi, if you if you could uh, say it, that's what we've been, we've been having the guests sign off for us, and it is uh, stay uncool. So. Oh, excellent. Okay. So uh, stay uncool. Thank you. I believe in miracles. Such a